Hi everyone, this is Matt, the producer of the Investor Mindset Podcast, and this week we've got another amazing episode in the Best Of series. We're looking back at the interview that we had with Brandon Turner from the Bigger Pockets Podcast. This is an amazing episode if you're looking to get started or you want to improve your game. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. I love that explanation of hustle, knowledge, and money because I think so oftentimes, you know, when people are getting started, they don't have money and they don't yeah. have knowledge and they, they want to start out without wanting to do the hustle. And it's such a good reminder that, you know, if you don't have one of those two, then you, or one of those three, then you've got to, you, know, you got to think about something else to focus on. Yeah. Especially if you're listening to this right now and you don't have money yet, focus on the knowledge and the hustle, focus on those two pieces. Cause if you can bring those two pieces to the table, I can guarantee you, you will find somebody with some money who doesn't have the hustle or the knowledge. And you will find that if you are hustling and have the knowledge and you know what you're doing. Uh, case in point, a buddy of mine, I met him out here in Maui. He and I are now partners on a flipping business. We've done two flips this year already made over 200 grand total on those flips. And like, he hasn't put a dime in. I mean, nothing in and no money in. I put all the money in, but you know what I do on a typical day? Not flipping houses. Like he deals with the contractors. He deals with the finding the deals. He deals with everything. He's awesome. He's a rock star, but I put the money in. So again, we, we formed a partnership together because he couldn't do it alone. And I wasn't going to do it alone because I didn't have the time and he doesn't have the money. So why not do it together? Uh, and you can create some magic. So yeah, if you're new, if you'd have no money, knowledge and hustle. I love that partnership perspective. Well, in just a second, we're going to get into talking a little bit about raising capital because I know you've done it a lot of times in a variety of different sizes of deals. But tell us a little bit about what your current focus is on the real estate front. I know, I know you're working with your new company, Open Door Capital, and you're raising money for mobile home parks. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So uh, when I mentioned the flipping, what really, the reason I flip houses is one, because it's fun, but two, because I use the money from flipping to be able to hire team members for open door capital. So we now have five people on staff. So we have five team members who are buying mobile home parks. We are buying mobile home parks across the country. Uh, not because mobile home parks are the end all be all best investment ever made as much as I do like them. And I can go through a million reasons why I like them, but it really was more important that I chose something. You know, so many people are out there like they, they hear this and they hear this and they hear this. And at one point I just had to say, like, take my own advice and like, shut up, Brandon, just pick something and go with it with all your, like all your focus, all your drive, all your energy and just do that. And so that's what I'm really, most of my time is spent on open door capital, the mobile home park acquisition uh, and, and running business. Yeah, that's great. And to see your progress of growing into the commercial space. I mean, it's just so inspiring. I think a lot of people can really appreciate that. So when, when, when you get to the point, when you get to that point in your career, whether you're just getting started or you've been in it for a long time, like you have, and you're making that transition into starting to raise capital for these kind of deals where you're going to bring multiple investors into a deal and you're going to do some type of syndication or some type of, you know, public offering, where does somebody start? as far as going out and raising capital? I mean, how, how should we be looking at this when we're going after bigger deals? Yeah, that's a great question. So when, okay. So for the first thing is we want to raise money. You have to have 
that knowledge. Like you have to know what you're doing and you have to have the hustle. So if you're going to going back to the, what I call the deal Delta, those three things, the knowledge, the hustle and the money, if you're going to raise money though, you need to have the other two like dialed in. Like you really got to know what you're doing there. So uh, that the first part is again, if, if you haven't got that yet, you need to get that, which means you may have to start with smaller deals and you may have to do some smaller deals on your own. You may have to start and, and people might say, well, I don't have the money for the smaller deals. You may have to figure that out. You may have to bring in a partnership. I mean, like you may have to imagine this. Imagine you spent the next five years of your life working 20 hours a week, making no money at all in real estate. All you were doing was building connections, knowledge, experience, and confidence. Those are like four things I think everyone needs. Uh, and it grows over time. I can say that again. You need, what is it? Experience, connections, knowledge, uh, and confidence. And you build those with every deal that you do. And so this you may have to start small. And let's say you were working for five years, making no money, just helping somebody else get their deals. Like you were just working for them for free. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying, what if you did? After five years, you've helped them buy, let's call it hundreds of deals or they flipped dozens of houses and you lost quote unquote five years of your life. No, now you've got the experience to be able to go raise money because you've been a part of all this stuff. Again, not saying you have to do that, but just hypothetically, like you may have to start at a level like that where you're working for someone or volunteering to be able to start building the credibility, the knowledge, the experience uh, to be able to actually pull something off. So that's the first thing is, is that, but really raising money all comes down to uh, really what I'll call, I think two or three things. Number one, people have to trust you. Like trust is, is it, it's like three, yeah, I'll go three things. Number one, they have to trust you. And by, when I say trust, I'm, it's kind of similar to the word like, like they have to like you. Uh, if they don't like you, they're not going to put money with you most likely, but really the more important thing is trust. Like there's people that I don't, I don't like, but I trust. So maybe I'd give them money, but you have to build trust. How do you build trust? By credibility, by having a track record, by doing this over and over and over, by uh, always being a, a man or woman of your word. Like that's how you build trust over time. Uh, there's other ways to build trust. For example, podcasting, which is weird, right? But like, you probably found this in your own life, right? By podcasting, people naturally trust you more. And it might be silly, but the fact is like you hear somebody over and over and over, you get to know them. You feel like you know them better. So maybe you're podcasting, maybe you're going on podcasts, maybe you're speaking at local meetups, maybe you're hosting a local meetup every single month in your market for the next two years to build that trust. So level one, so the first thing you have to have is trust. The second thing you have to have is a good deal. Like you're not going to raise money if you don't have a great deal. So what does that mean? It means you got to get really good at finding good deals. You got to get good at the acquisition, uh, good at the underwriting, the analysis parts, be able to funnel in good deals so that you can bring your investors good returns. And then third, awareness. People have to know what you're doing. I mean, you could have all the trust in the world. You can be a trustworthy person and have a great deal, but if you don't tell anybody about it, you're never going to raise money. So really all three of those things come into play when you're raising money, trust, deal, and awareness. How do you do awareness? Again, the same things, go on podcasts, build, uh, go to local meetups, become a speaker at things, uh, talk about it to everyone you know. You just got to let get the word out there that you are raising money or you are a money raiser. Now, you have to be careful with that because uh, you can violate some SEC rules if you're not careful. But uh, yeah, those three things really is how you raise money, trust, deals, and awareness. Yeah, that's huge. And it's interesting when you say that, because really building a thought leadership platform, whether that's through writing, whether that's through connecting in, in, in person at meetups and speaking at those events, whether that's on podcasts. Uh, the first thing, of course, is you have to be an expert. You have to have yep. some expertise or surround yourself with a team of experts so you can build that credibility on something. But by going and doing those things, it actually knocks out 
many of the things on the list. It might yep. actually help you get a deal, yep. uh, but for sure it's going to help you build trust and it's going to help you build awareness. So that's huge. Once we've got, once we've got that trust and we've got people who really believe in us, they, they know that we're doing you know, things the right way. They're seeing us on a regular basis. So we're staying top of mind. And obviously we've got a great deal and we're starting kind of that down that process. What happens next and how can we, how can we make sure that without a doubt, we're going to be able to close this round of funding. And there's, you know, not a question or a mind that it's going to happen because I've heard, you know, people with great deals still sometimes can't raise the money. Yeah, it's true. And and especially in a time like this where the world's kind of in like a weird kind of what's going to happen next, what, you know, where's the virus stuff going? Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. So it's getting probably harder to raise money, though we found in our business that there's actually a lot of people that are that are, we've actually raised more money, at least verbally in the past few weeks than we did uh, before the virus, which is interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking people are just terrified of the stock market. So they're pulling out and they're giving it to us instead. But uh a lot of it comes down to having a lot of ducks in the like you have your ducks in a row, right? So there's the lawyer stuff. You got to have all the agreement stuff. You have to have all that stuff lined up perfectly. So that way you can handle those calls. Uh, we actually brought on a full-time uh, investor relations person. Cause I knew that like, I didn't have time to deal with all the phone calls I knew I'd have to deal with, with hundreds of potentially hundreds of investors. Uh, and so we brought in somebody that can just do that full-time and just be able to handle that. Uh, so that was a big part of it. Uh, we do a lot of like because sometimes we're raising money in a fund, for example. And if your brand, what a fund is basically means is we raise a lot of money and then we go buy multiple deals with that money rather than like one deal, one money raising. Uh, but a similar situation would be if you're just getting started and you don't have a deal yet, but you want to start raising money or at least start that conversation with people, you can put together like a sample deal. So this is what it looks like. This is the kind of deal we're looking for. And that's kind of what we do in the fund. This is an example of what we're going to buy within the fund but I don't, we don't necessarily have one locked up yet that we're going to invest in. So I can't give you all the details. So, uh, so anyway, having those things in place definitely helps again, having the lawyer stuff in place, having this software, there's a lot of different companies out there, out there that will help you with the software side of things. And when I say software, I'm talking about where, where's, where can investors log in and upload all their documents to, where can they get the wiring information? Where can they see the current value of their investment? And all that is tracking and there's different companies uh, that do that. And so you'll want to have all that in place as well. But then at the end of the day, sometimes it's just hard to raise money. Sometimes you just don't have enough in your network and you may have to go outside your network to other people's network and maybe even give away a chunk of your equity to raise money. I mean, there's some people's jobs that their whole, their whole business is they just go raise money for other people, which is not a bad business. I probably should have just, I mean, I'm glad I didn't, but like I would have made probably more money by just going to other people who are doing big deals and being like, Hey, can I raise money for you? And then just bringing my, my name and my trust to other people's deals. Uh, my oh, awareness, absolutely. my trust to their deals. But, you know, it's just not as fun as actually running the like, I'm going to go and, you know, take down that moose myself. Sure. <laughs> and, and sometimes maybe somebody like you, you want to have control. You've been doing this a yeah. long time. You've got that track record. You want to make sure you protect it. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I kind of went down a similar path myself. I've been in, you know, the single family game for three years going on four. I've done, you know, over 200 deals. About half of those were flips and half of them wholesales. But I realized that, okay, well, I'm not making cash flow by doing this, this transactional business. And yeah. how can I quickly get into a position where I'm going to do that. I could go buy rentals, uh, single families and, 
you know, pick off some from that space. Okay, well, that's an option to, you know, done a little bit of that as well. But then I realized that, oh, well, if I go and invest in large multifamily or large commercial assets, I can quickly move into that space. But I don't quite have the expertise. I have the awareness and I have the trust, but I don't have the expertise to manage and operate that business. So what I went out and did was go find, you know, some other operators and build a long-term relationship with them over time. And understand and vet yeah. their deals. And then I can step into that role of investor relations and raise capital for them. Yep. And that is the kind of things you have to be looking for in the world. And, you know, then we can build, bring great returns for our investors. I get to focus on my core skill set. They get to focus on theirs. And then we all get to flourish together. And, uh, you know, that partnership might be the way that you as the listener might want to go down that path. If you feel like you've got something to bring to the table, you know, go find somebody you can uh, work with. Yeah. You know, you said two really, really good things in there that I want to, I want to point out. I love how I'm switching now. I'm, now I'm like the interviewer here. So two things that I love that you said, number one, you said you vet and understand their deals. That's so important because as we talked about earlier, trust matters so much. So if you're just going to go raise money for somebody and you don't know anything about their deals, you're just hoping they're going to be good. If that deal goes south, your name, your trust is going to be her, right? So I love that you said you vet and understand their, like you're putting your name on the line. So you better understand what you're getting into. Uh, and then the second thing you said, uh, where was, uh, oh, your unique skill set, right? So there are things that everyone's are, is good at. Like my guy, Mike, who's my investor relations guy that I brought in, like Mike is the most happy, personable, like friendly, amazing guy. Like I just, everybody loves Mike. They just love him. You talk to him for one minute and you're like, this is the best guy I've ever known. And so like, he's the investor relations guy. Cause he's so good at that. And like, he likes getting on the phone and talking with people. I hate the phone. Like I, like if you, like people who know me well know that I do not answer my phone. If you call, I will not answer it ever. I have my voicemail literally turned off. You can't leave me a message. The only way you can get in touch with me is by texting me. Cause I just hate the phone, but Mike loves the phone. So guess what? Mike's investor relations, not me. But you know what I like doing? I like podcasting. I love this. I love talking on podcasts. Is that weird? I like podcasts, but not phones. I don't know. It's like, what's the difference? You and I are talking the same way, but there's something different about this, right? So what do I do? I'm the awareness guy. I go out there and I give awareness out there of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, I write books. I do that kind of stuff. Uh, my, my asset manager and one of my partners, Brian Murray, guy's a rock star. He's bought thousands of units in his life. He, he is really good at asset management, making properties that aren't performing well, perform really well. So the point you made was just put people in the roles that they are like born to do. And you're going to see your business just fly. I mean, our, our, that's probably the biggest reason for all the success we've had in the past year and the growth we've seen. I mean, we were at, we started a year ago. We had basically as opened our capital, we had no properties a year ago. We have, I think six right now and like 600 units. Uh, oh. We're under contract for another couple hundred units. We should be at, we're going to be at, I know we're going to be at over a thousand by the end of the year. Uh, and so like, where does that come from? It comes from having the right people on the bus and in the right seats to use a, uh, I think, uh, Jim Collins. That's a Jim Collins thing. Get people on the bus, the right people on the bus and get them in the right seat. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.